Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of MSW Media and the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Happy New Year. I am your host, Kimberly Johnson, not in D.C. It's January 1st, but the show's not going to air until tomorrow, January 2nd, and I am in my mom's basement. (laughs) That's why there's no music for this intro. My guest today is Bob Seska. He's also producing and recording the show, so thank you. <laughs> Welcome, Bob. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. It, it's weird meeting this way, isn't it? Yeah. It's really... Everything about this is weird because I can kind of hear my echo yeah. and um, whatever, but the show must go on. <laughs> so we're just... So, okay, before we get into the show, I just want to update everyone on this experience, which has been very trying because... My mother was, you know, I'm, I'm at my mother's house. As I said, I'm in her basement, which is good because that's where uh, that's where the Wi-Fi is or whatever. What is that thing called? I never can think of the name of that. The router? Thing. Is that what you're trying the to router. think of? The router. That's, yeah, yeah, the router. There you go. So the router is right here. So hopefully there won't be any interruption or anything like that. But ultimately, she, you know, she had her hips done a couple of years ago, both of them. And those surgeries were pretty easy as far as the recovery time. Unlike a full knee replacement, which is a lot more detailed and painful. And so she was just under the mistaken impression that in three weeks, she's going to be up and around. She's like, oh, watch me defy all of the people saying it's going to take me six weeks to drive. And it's like, (laughs) no, she was wrong. So, you know, the other thing that happened that was just really upsetting and horrible the day of the operation, the anesthesiologist, who she said looked like Kieran Culkin in, um, <laughs> in that, that's in, in an succession. awful thing. Yeah, yeah. You she, don't she want kind of, Kieran Culkin in Succession doing your anesthesia, right? So, so she saw this guy and she had a bad feeling. Yeah, and he hit her nerve or something, and I guess it was like a a, a full Charlie horse throughout her entire leg. So there was the right leg that she had the knee surgery, and then her left leg it was really damaged by this um why were they messing why were they messing with the left leg when the surgery was on the right leg wasn't the left leg it was i guess it was a thing in the spine and then it just happened to hit a nerve gotcha and so when she woke up from surgery she was in more pain from that Mm -hmm. than she was from surgery so and then on top of it the fucking idiots sent her home with no uh nerve medicine they should have had given her this nerve medication there was another they obviously they i mean they gave her some oxycodone or whatever it's called and they gave her a couple of other things but they didn't give her everything that she needed so she experienced pain when she didn't have to and then on top of it she had the other pain oh my god it's, it's been a fucking nightmare so then then um I guess it was last, I don't know, it was Tuesday, Thursday. It was like Thursday. All the days are fucking melting into each other at this point. <laughs> but, you know, she has two cats and she's got Jezzy and, and Jezzy is a girl, obviously. And she, mm-hmm. I know, like, first we started noticing, and this is kind of normal for her, but she was kind of sleeping in the closet away from everybody, not coming down. But sometimes, you know, we call her alone kitty because she does it. But then I saw her back legs were not working properly it turns out it's really only her left leg. We took her to the vet and it was it was, it was such a bad day for me. It was I can't even describe the darkness of that day for me. Yeah. But um she was prescribed, you know, I mean, we ruled things out. He took some x-rays. She did not have a fall. She's she's not indicating that she's in any pain or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um there are a couple of different things it could be and of course 
if this does, if, if we were unable to fix anything, then the next step would be a two to $3,000 MRI. And that's just the beginning, right? Because if you're doing an MRI, you're looking for shit. So it just, it's like, oh my God, that's too much money. She's 10 years old. She's not old. She's not young. It's just such a difficult time. So the doctor said it could have, it could be this thing. And I can't remember what it is. And it's not a blood clot, but it's a clot that could take a few months to dissolve and she could go back to normal. So in the meantime, he, and we don't know this yet, but he prescribed uh, steroids. So he said he didn't believe we would see any improvement that we're supposed to bring her back this Thursday. He figured by this Thursday, he didn't expect to see any improvement, but I got to say, we're seeing a lot of improvement. Her, her legs today, her, it's just her left leg. It's much better. So fingers crossed. We don't know what it is. Um, hopefully it's that thing that has to dissolve. But yeah. it's, it's really been a hard time because I've been here since December 7th and I don't know <laughs> it's, it's been, when I'm coming home. It, it feels much longer so, than that. It feels like, you know, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, my mother is really sick and tired of being in pain. She's sick and tired of not feeling like she, I mean, she, at least she's not staying in the basement anymore. She was in the basement for like three weeks Yeah, and she never wants to fucking see this place again. But, um, you know, she is up on the second floor now and I don't have to do quite as much, but I'm still preparing her meals. And let me just say this to to all the wonderful Patreon supporters who have been keeping up with me while I've been, you know, sending text message, you know, Patreon text messages. Yeah. Um, talking about, you know, what's been going on. One person had said, you know, well, could you have someone come over and really, you know, like a like paid to have someone come over? Really, there's no way. I got to change the litter. I got to take out the trash. I got to prepare her meals. I, it's too much that you could just pay someone to come in and do a couple of things and leave. She needs to have somebody with her all the time. And then just to make matters worse, yesterday I'm doing laundry and all the fucking, um, uh, smoke alarms go off in the house and she lives on three stories. So the whole house is going off. And I, you know, I guess she's got, obviously now she has a problem with her dryer. So <laughs> oh yay! My God. it's just, it's just been one thing after another. And, you know, I just, I feel bad for her because she, she relies on social security and a, you know, a certain amount of income that she has. And it's like, she's just being bombarded and there's nothing I can do about it other than what I'm doing. So <laughs> are you getting, so, are you going to get someone to fix the wash or the dryer? Yeah, we have, we're going to call someone to fix the dryer, but it's just, you know, I mean, here, of course you've got all this laundry and it, and, and when do you find out yeah. w- when there's a load in the washing machine and <laughs> something that I just put in the dryer and it started to smell funky. So I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, I know what's know? going on. That that uh, vent tube coming out of the back of the dryer, that's probably clogged. It's probably got a well, bunch the, of uh, lint in it no, and stuff. No, no. She just had it. They came by a couple weeks ago and cleaned all that Oh, while, while I was here. So, you know, I don't know if it's a mistake that they made. She's going to call them. But I don't know. There was a funny smell. So I don't know. Maybe they attach something wrong or who yeah. knows. Hopefully it's not a costly repair. Get them over there as soon as possible because that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's enough about me. Um, hmm. How was how your holiday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, very unlike yours, for yes. sure. Uh, you know, a lot of this I, I want to talk about on my own show. But, you know, it, it's been weird being here by myself this whole time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's been a long run. I, I think this is the longest we've been apart in the yes. history of our relationship. And, uh, and so there have been some fun things, <laughs> you know, I like 
watching stupid rubbish television every night as opposed to the stupid rubbish television that we normally watch together. <laughs> Uh, there's been that, but it's just, it's been surreal. Uh, it's been a surreal Christmas. I, and there's still, I mean, I've got the Christmas tree still set up and there's still some presents. Well, you there have waiting to take that all down. That's all on you now. So wait, should I take it to see we're now yes. on, on your show. Now we're going to go through all of our household things. So <laughs> I, I should take the Christmas tree down myself. Yes. Yes. But I have, um, I have rules that you'll have to follow. We, we can discuss those. Later. Well, I, I think I'm aware of your rules. Uh, is this, no, I, no, I no. I don't know. No, you don't. Well, it's just where I want certain things placed, which clearly nobody oh, listening gives a shit about. Okay. <laughs> well, regardless, <laughs> it's usually right about now that we take all that stuff down. But I yes. wasn't sure if I should keep it up to wait oh, for no, you to no, come no. home. No. Okay. You can do all it. Right, I don't right. want to do it. I have enough to fucking do. I have yeah. to take all the decor- decorations down here. So One thing I we should do anything. probably here is reassure everyone that we're not breaking up. I think there was a <laughs> thing going on on what? Uh, on threads or Twitter? One of those well, two? Well, uh, yeah, I had posted that I was just in a down mode. And and the thing is, is I, di- I didn't want to get into it because it's layered and it was about Jesse specifically. And I thought if I tell people what's going on, oh, yeah. I'm going to get 35 gazillion different reasons and she's going to die and this and I thought I don't want to hear it so I was kind of vague and you know I'm like yeah I'm just having a really hard time and and you know if you could send loving thoughts or something and so then I start I start getting the emails from men <laughs> right both that it was both like maybe I'll work work our way work my way into uh Kimberly's uh uh heart and mind by reaching out to <laughs> well, her so, I, and, and then it was also some just some men are are have are not doing that because there, yeah. there was there was a couple specific ones who didn't yeah i'm not going to say who well i'll say one and it's steve marmel but steve marmel has always done that like i remember when my well he wasn't was reaching done. out he wasn't reaching out to you to hit on you no, 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 no. What I'm not saying, at all. what I'm saying, is that there are a lot of guys who are like, right? But uh, yeah, Kimberly's there were sad. Guys... Maybe she's broken up. Maybe I'll worm my way into the right. situation. There, here. So there were a couple of those, and then there yeah. were a couple of guys who were genuine and just like, hey, you know, if you need to talk. And Steve Marmel is one of them, and he's so sweet because I've met Steve before, yeah. um, and you know, we had. It's not like we have this full blown personal relationship, but I think because we've met, and then I know he's crazy animal lover like me and when he saw that Miranda was dying he reached out to me then so I gotta say well that, that was, was really nice sweet. I mean that just right. to be but perfectly then there are clear the, yeah yeah there are these other guys though that's what that I mean sending messages there's actually some guy today and it had nothing to do with my post but it's some guy on um Instagram and he says he's from Germany and he sent me a picture of him naked <laughs> oh really yeah, so I, I said, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to accept this. And I wrote, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you want me to post this publicly and show everybody what an ugly, demented pervert you are? Did you really say that? Yes, I thought oh it would be God. interesting to see what 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 he's going to say. That's hilarious. I mean, I'm not going to post it publicly, but um, I just said that. Yeah. Because well, good for you. Good for you. And I know there were some other people who were concerned, like, are you breaking up? Did you? I mean, yeah. because. The way you reacted online, that it could be interpreted that way. Like, oh, right. there's something serious happening here. She's away at her mom's house. <laughs> What's yeah. going on with these two people? And it's nothing like that at all. <laughs> you're, you're just there. You're away because 
your mom doesn't have, have any other children. Have to take care of my mom. And, yeah, yeah, you have to take care. You, you've got all the responsibility on your shoulder. And, and she lives in a house that's three stories and had a knee replacement. So it's like she tried to find a house that you know she's been looking for a house now for yeah. like a year. Yeah. And uh, she just hasn't found one yet. So I mean, we're this is where we are, and it's just it, it just is what it is. So. Yep. Well, it's and now. <laughs> now we're in 2024. <laughs> yeah. We're coming up. Okay. We're coming up what? on a month that you've been away. <laughs> I, I'm just now realizing yeah, I know. that. Yeah, God. I know. Yeah, it's going to be, it's probably going to be five to six weeks in, a t- in total. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go for six just because I have a feeling, you know, I mean, I don't want to talk more about her knee, but I just, I just, I have a feeling. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch off and go into some politics now. And I have to voice... First of all, I have to say, yes, you know, for the last several days, I've been struggling. It's been really hard for me. I've been making an effort to not dwell in what feels like negative thoughts or scary thoughts or feel for, fearful thoughts. And I do actually feel better because, you know, as I said, Jesse is getting better. But I'm fighting, you know, a, a depressed feeling. And when I'm in that vulnerable state, obviously, I'm vulnerable to everything I see. So I see on the Internet. First, I see. Fucking David Axelrod on CNN basically saying Trump should be on the ballot because if he's not, it's going to divide the country. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm so angry at that. I can't even fucking see straight. And I'm just going to go on the fact that I can't remember what it was. But back in like 2014 or something like that, there there was an effort to get Obama to acknowledge the ERA. And I, I was working with a lot of ERA activists. And, you know, I know there was a letter to the White House. He did acknowledge it. And I think it was around that time David Axelrod said something about the ERA. And I don't remember what it is, but I just remember that it pissed off all the ERA women. We were all fucking angry. Or I should say the ERA activists because they're not all women. Um, so so he goes on CNN and he's basically saying, yeah, Trump should be able to be on the ballot so the country isn't divided, which, hello, the country's already divided. And then he makes a fucking joke. And this is where I say I'm vulnerable and I fall for shit sometimes when I'm vulnerable. So evidently he made a joke that, you know, Taylor Swift is the reason that the Chiefs keep losing. And so I believed it. I took it seriously. And I, you know, I, I was all angry about it. And I know that he, I saw later that he um, put a comment, like he was just kidding. So, okay, if you're going to go make a racist joke about it, like like a joke of a joke. Yeah. And you put it up there and then you just do a subsequent comment that, oh, I was just kidding. Oh my God, that's, No. Okay, when when I had my whole big fucking thing, when everybody, when all the right was after me, I put up a tweet, mm-hmm. and it, it it was maybe not worded the best way. I still stand by. I'm not going to go into it, but I stand by what I said. But it wasn't worded the best way. I took it down. The reason I took it down was because I didn't want people to think that I was going to keep it up. Like if you keep it up, there's a reason you keep it up. Well, he's keeping up that fucking Taylor Swift thing, and someone's going to see it and they don't know any better. And who I care about are young men who, you know, I don't care if they're on the right or the left, but if they don't know any different and they, they see this man, David Axelrod, blaming, you know, even if it's a joke, they don't necessarily know it's a joke. They see once again, a woman is being blamed for man's failures. And I just don't have a sense of humor about that. Oh, you know, I yeah, just don't that's think it's great, funny. That's a great point. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like he's. I I understand where he's coming from. He it was it was an inelegant way to say it, and 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 I don't think he should be faulted so much for trying to make a joke that didn't fly. But leaving it up, he should just fucking say, you know what? I said that I should I should have been. I shouldn't have said that, or I should have said it differently, but he doesn't. And he's fucking, I guess initially he was calling for Biden to step down, and I guess he's given up on that, but oh my God, he just pisses me off. I'm just so fucking angry at David Axelrod right now. Well, you know. Fuck you, David Axelrod. The thing about the ballot and Trump is that he's talking as if Trump remaining on the ballot is going to be perfectly fine. And there's not going to be any divisiveness that's going to emerge out of that when obviously there will be. So it's like, you're fucked if you do and you're fucked if you don't. And the other thing is that he's not being clear about. And this needs to be, I think, this needs to precede any conversation about removing Trump from the ballot is the fact that all of these lawsuits to remove him have been brought, or at least I know the Colorado lawsuit was brought by Republicans. So let's be clear who's yeah. dividing the country here. Re- Republicans, if you believe David Axelrod, Republicans are dividing the country if Trump's on the ballot and they're dividing the country if Trump's removed from the ballot. So exactly, why don't we just do the thing that all nations do that have a constitution, <laughs> which is to follow the parameters of the constitution? The, yes. This is not an optional thing. You know what? I would love it, and I'm sure he would too, if Arnold Schwarzenegger ran for president. <laughs> I don't think he would be a good president, but I think as far as things like the climate crisis and so forth, uh, he would be on the right side of those things. The thing mm-hmm. is, he's not a naturalized citizen and he's ineligible to run. Yeah. And so, so what if he were to throw his hat in the ring, if he were to throw his deltoids into the ring, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, then what would happen? He would be banned from being on any ballots because he's not a naturalized citizen. So what are we going to do now? Like every non-naturalized mm-hmm. citizen, every person who is ineligible to be president should just go ahead and run for president. And then if there's a lawsuit to keep them off the ballot, then what are we supposed to say? Oh, that's going to divide the country? What if an 18-year-old yeah. wants to run for president? What if <laughs> yeah, someone who's exactly. not, not old enough or who isn't even a, a United States resident? I mean, obviously, there are certain things that would be very, very clearly defined as ineligible. But I think the same goes for Donald Trump. I think the same goes for whether or not he engaged in insurrection. And I think it's very clear. And when you have these rulings coming down, they're not happening in a vacuum either. The Colorado ruling, the Maine ruling, for example, these are all things where there was a, basically a trial. I mean, in Colorado, Donald Trump's team put up a defense for themselves mm-hmm. and there was evidence presented, much like the evidence presented on January 6th or the January 6th uh, commission or um, I'm sorry, the January 6th committee and uh, the, the investigations going on, obviously, by Jack Smith and Fonnie Willis and so forth. So these are all things that have been presenting evidence all along that is also presentable in other courts to show that Donald Trump is ineligible to be uh, on the, on the ballot to run for president. And so Mm. we, we just, we don't discard sections of the constitution because the optics are weird (laughs) that, that when we get into that territory, that's when shit starts to fall apart. It's like what? Okay. We're not going to enforce the constitution anymore. If it looks janky, if the optics are janky Mm -hmm. on cable news, it's yeah, just insane. I saw about it's, what's uh, fucking flies on cable news. Well, Mark Cuban tweeted out, uh, I wish Biden would come out and say he wants Trump on the ballot. The 14th doesn't apply. 
then thanks him for the playbook describing how to never leave office and the appreciation of knowing he can't be charged no matter what he does and ends it with my fellow Americans. I'm not ever going to leave the white house and there is nothing you can do to me. And then uh, he writes, which would confirm exactly why SCOTUS will keep Trump off ballots and why Trump will never get immunity. But I mean, obviously it's the point I saw Mehdi Hassan saying, you know, all right, fine. If Trump's got, if you're going to throw away the constitution and have Trump run, then let's have Obama run again. <laughs> you know? yeah, well, like, that's a great point. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mehdi Hassan, man. That's, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. And the other yeah. thing is, I mean, this is a point that I brought up uh, certainly before we went on break for the holidays, but uh, the fact of the matter is that Joe Biden, with presidential immunity, could um, have Donald Trump arrested and thrown in prison without a trial. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of shit that Joe Biden could do if Donald mm-hmm. Trump is successful in his bid to <laughs> attain presidential but immunity for any and all crimes. And, and he's not. That's not the no. Supreme Court will never uphold presidential immunity across the board, at least after that president has left office, as right. Trump has. So yeah. I think that is safe. Whether uh, Trump gets kicked off any ballots, that's a whole separate st- story. Mm-hmm. And I really vacillate on this. I don't know where you are as far as what's going to happen with the Supreme Court as, as far as Colorado and Maine go. But I think that there is going to be a very strong push inside the court, maybe even from John Roberts himself, not to upset the apple cart, so to speak. Not that's to where I throw fall. everything that's, in chaos. That's where I fall. I mean, you, th- here's how I look at and, it. And the, think- way, the reason they're going to do that, the reason they're going to say that is they're going to say, well, he hasn't been proven to have been a participant in an insurrection yet. They're going to yeah. make that claim. Like, it, we haven't crossed the threshold of insurrection. And they may even establish parameters to further clarify what uh, that threshold would be. So wait, wait, wait. So are you are you saying that they will allow him on the ballot or are you saying, oh, I see. I'm saying I'm saying going in the other directions. I I, I think there's a chance in the other direction, too. Interesting. Well, I think that's I think there's a distinct possibility. I mean, I I think I don't know if I said this publicly or in a DM thread with a friend, uh, but I think it's a 60 40 shot that Donald Trump stays on the ballot. But that's that's also saying that there's a 40 percent chance that he gets kicked off the ballot. I don't know where the Supremes are going to land on this thing. It's really a gigantic question mark. The good news is, is that we're going to know the answer pretty soon. I don't think this is going to be something that's going to be protracted and delayed. I think this is going to be seen as uh, as urgent. I think if they decide to kick him off the ballot, the way they're going to do that is to uh, is to not even rule on it is to kick it back to right, the appeals the court level. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or to kick it back to the Colorado state states. States' rights, yeah. states' rights. Um, they love those states' rights. But there, there's <laughs> the other side of it where, yeah. uh, like, I think that, the, okay, I, I like to compare the Supreme Court to Mark Zuckerberg. You know, Zuckerberg took Russian money in 2016 so that Russians could spread disinformation and fuck with our election and then there's all this talk about the government controlling social media and then what happens in October of 2018 I and 900 other accounts lose their Facebook accounts because Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg says look at me I can self-regulate you don't have to fucking bother me I will get rid of of liberal and I will get rid of conservative pages because I can self-regulate so I do think that there is a possibility that the Supreme Court, I mean, obviously they're aware of the scrutiny, 
and and they're aware of all this talk about Clarence Thomas and how everybody's all pissed off and all this. And, you know, there's, there's a number of justices who have issues. And so, you know, I, I wonder if they feel like, you know, we want to take this um, kind of attention on us off. Here's the thing, though. They they benefit if they, if if a Republican wins, obviously they're going to benefit. If if Biden wins, there is maybe the fear that somehow, and I don't think he'll do it though, that that he would somehow expand the court or do something looking into either Clarence Thomas or uh, Kavanaugh and stuff. Those are the two real problematic ones at this point. Um, although there's Alito, but still, um, I think that there is a real strong chance that like the Leonard Leos and the Harlan Crows who are funding the Supreme Court justices, the crooked ones, I think they could play the long game and say, look, let's let's just leave it alone right now. Let the states decide. And if because tr- they don't care about Trump, they the Leonard Leo and Harlan Crow and all these people, they care about their agenda. Mm-hmm. And Trump helped to facilitate that. But he's no longer needed. They he and the thing is is that you know I mean when you look at somebody like Mike Johnson and I'm not saying he's going to be president but I mean Mike Johnson is their disciple you know he carries that shit out he is a dedicated soldier to that cause Donald Trump is dedicated to Donald Trump and and so the court isn't necessarily I mean it's more protected with him there Biden I would assume maybe not though because Biden isn't really doing anything or at least Congress isn't. Um, but but still, I, th- I think there's a chance that they do let the, the states decide. But if that does happen, then we go into that scenario. OK, so if Trump is not on the ballot, you presented a scenario to me, which we've talked about in the past. It's not a new scenario, but I want you to go over it on at how Trump might behave if he is not on the ballot and what he might do. You know, I mean, ultimately, I would really like to see this alternative scenario take place. Like having Trump removed from the ballot is not my best case scenario. I think it's got to be Nikki Haley star, or Nikki Haley or Chris Christie or someone who's not Trump starts winning a bunch of primaries, and it pisses off Trump. Trump goes to war against the Republican Party. Uh, alternative to Trump keeps winning primaries, and Trump decides. Uh, fuck all of you. I'm going to go storm off and start my own party or I'm going to run independently, uh, whichever the case may be. But the fact is that if he does that in that situation, that means the party splits, the party's vote splits and Joe Biden gets reelected. I mean, to me, that's the best case scenario, not getting removed from ballot. Well, it is, but yeah, but, but that, that could still happen if he's if he's if he's removed from the ballot. That could still happen. That's that's a scenario that still could. That's happen. true. But the blame if he's removed from the ballot, the blame is going to be whether it's justified or not, and it's completely not justified. But the blame is going to go against the Democrats, like they're rigging the election. This is election interference or whatever Trump likes to say, and he's going to blame it on the on the Democrats, even though it's Republicans who are bringing these lawsuits to remove him from the ballot. But that's that distinction is not going to matter. It's just gonna. That's true. Just gonna keep attacking that, well, Democrats. Well, let me ask you this: so, if 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 he's not allowed on the ballot, then then he can't be on the ballot as a as an independent, correct? Wow, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that would be the case. If he's not allowed on the ballot, it doesn't matter what party is running it. He's just not going to be right, on the ballot. Right, right, and the only right. way so he then, could get yeah. So okay. Yeah, the okay. only way he could get votes is if people wrote in his name. But that's and I they mean, will. 
They will. Oh, they absolutely will. If if Trump, so he if could do Trump, that. But he, if Trump died tomorrow, people will write in his ballot. Uh, in write November. him in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing, the he could tell everybody to do that, though. You know, he could say, "All right, they're not letting me on the ballot, so you got to vote for me," because he understands he's not going to win. Yeah. At this, I mean, I would assume that. But then again, he's so fucking scared. I, I guess he would do it just to to blow it all up, um, because he's got to know. Right now, he's got a strategy. Win the presidency, stay out of jail. Yeah. If if he knows that that's not an option, if he knows that he can't do that, because the only thing in his mind that's protecting him from jail is the possibility that he'll be the president again. Yeah. Which, by the way, Republicans are saying, let him fucking be president from jail. And it's like, okay, obviously, if he <laughs> were president, lowering your standards. he would be... Yeah. And, oh, and, and also, if he were the president, he would be pardoning himself and not being he wouldn't be in jail. But OK, aside from all that idiocy, I think that it's um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to see the scenario you described. I'd like to see I'd like to see Nikki Haley uh, getting enough votes to knock him off. I don't think Chris Christie could do it. And the reason why is because he is bashing MAGA and they do need MAGA yeah, in order course. to win a primary. So, you know, he's bashing the whole MAGA everything. Mm. And I don't know how well that's going to do. I mean, I think it's I think it's good for democracy to have somebody standing up and saying that in the Republican Party because he talks like a Democrat. He's full of shit. And he's an opportunist and all that. He's not a good guy. But everything, you know, he's a good guy in that his actions right now are serving democracy, whether or not, you know, we see the end result that we all want. Yeah, he is making that effort and I appreciate it. And Nikki Haley, uh, you know, I keep seeing people saying, stop calling her centrist because, oh my God, she's not centrist. She said she would pardon Trump. But, um, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. I have a hard time believing that, I mean, obviously she could win primaries. I, I cannot see her being the Republican ticket. There's no fucking way a woman who isn't, you know, as white as, as paper and uh, is a woman is going to be the head of the Republican Party. It's just never going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> They're not going to vote for her. I don't know. About a year ago, I was making the prediction that the Republican nominee would be either Nikki Haley or Christy Nome. Be and the reason I came up with that prediction, and you know what? It may have been uh, a little less than a year ago. It may have been right around the Dobbs decision leaking. W because of the dynamics of the women vote coming up in 2024... I thought, well, wouldn't it be logical then for Republicans to make a play for those votes by nominating a woman? And the best shot they have at nominating a woman is Nikki Haley or Christy. Or at the time, I was thinking Christy Nome. Mm -hmm. Christy Nome's a, a non-entity right now. And yeah. you know what? If I'm Nikki Haley right now, I'm like, good fucking God. The Trumpism can go fuck itself. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. <laughs> And honestly, you know what? It's so seldom that I've been on your show. You have just copious swearing on your show. I just want to make sure, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. you can all say right, anything right. you want. <laughs> so the thing with Nikki Haley, she's got to be cursing Trumpism because here she is. She, she kind of bumbled that Civil War response. And by kind of bumbled, I mean completely <laughs> fucked it up a thousand different ways. Her reaction to it after the fact was fucked up. The actual thing <laughs> yeah. that she said was fucked up. And we go into all the reasons why uh, if you want to. But the fact is that that may be damaging her in the polls. But if that mm -hmm. were Trump, 
if Trump were to answer oh, a question right, about yeah. the Civil War and <laughs> exactly. he were to do his normal thing where he just, you know, just regurgitates a bunch of a word salad, he would, his poll numbers would go up or he wouldn't be damaged mm-hmm. at all. That's what's so fucked mm-hmm. up. And it's not just yeah. a, a Republican-Democrat uh, dynamic. This is a dynamic right. among Republicans, too. Republicans, yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're a non-Trump Republican, if you fuck up once, if there's a gaffe, that gaffe will rise to the same level of criticism and scrutiny as Donald Trump's thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands so of gaffes. And that's yeah. that's the injustice, uh, one of the many mm-hmm. injustices of Trumpism from a political point of view. Like, he can get away with all this shit for some reason. He can get away with magnified fortune and we got to keep our country mm-hmm. gay, pup, whatever the, all the various stupid things, all of his short circuits. And Nikki Haley, and, and again, I'm not defending her. I'm just saying from her perspective, she's going to like, that one civil war thing is going to fuck me over. And if it had been mm-hmm. Trump, he would, his numbers exactly. would have jumped. He would have gotten a bump, five, 10 mm-hmm. points from that or so, whatever, whatever it would have been. And so that's what's, that's what's one of the many things that's so fucked up and insane about our politics. It's not just Trumpism. It's just our standards are so upside down right now for what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. You know, Donald Trump has just destroyed the standards for how we evaluate uh, presidents and presidential candidates. So, I, well, I, it's Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump and our media, because our our, our media is yeah. the first the first place that is a react you know reaction to what's happening, mm-hmm. and the reaction is more concerned, or or I shouldn't say the reaction, but the cable news owners are more concerned with their own bottom line than getting the truth out. So, part of the reason you know uh, the way we react, or or for the reason we react is because we are taking cues from these billionaires who own cable news companies. And, you know, I mean, it's like I talk about, who did I, I don't even remember who I spoke to about this, but it's like there are shows on MSNBC that I will never watch. I will never fucking watch Morning Joe. And it's not to say that I think he is the worst person in the world, but he's a Republican and I disagree with him. And I know that the owner of MSNBC is going to put out whatever, you know, look, we can't talk about this. We can't talk about that. I trust Lawrence O'Donnell. I trust uh, Rachel Maddow. I trust Jen Psaki. I trust Joy Reid. I also know that they probably have been told, hey, we can't cover X, Y, and Z. Mm. And so it's, it's so what I mean by that is, well, how come we all, and I'm not saying this is what's happening on MSNBC because this isn't, but it's the idea of we only ever see Trump supporters being interviewed. We don't see Biden supporters being interviewed. What are Biden supporters' concerns? We never see that. It's always what's the, so that's just one side of the story. And so that that's what I don't like about the the cable news media is that it doesn't mean, you know, people on MSNBC are lying to you. They're they they are telling you the truth. It's just part of it. It's just part of the truth sometimes. Yeah. Somebody like Rachel Maddow, I don't say that about her. Uh, maybe to a degree because maybe she has been told, "Hey, let's not cover this" or whatever it is, you know, their internal kind of what what they're allowed to do. Same thing with Lawrence O'Donnell. I completely trust Lawrence. I completely trust her. It's not the individual. It's the news network. And, and I do think, sorry, I went on this tangent, but I just feel like 
the reaction to Donald Trump is more than just all of us collectively. There is a guide and the media is our guide. And I think, you know, I've talked about this so many fucking times that they're failing us because they're not giving us the, uh, how can I say, they're not giving us the full story all the time. Yeah, yeah. And the news media is often late to the game when it comes to certain things. But I would say on the upside, one of the positive developments, and again, I say this predicating the idea that it's taken a long time for them to get here, but I think it's been kind of miraculous that within the last six months or so, some of the people in the news media who 10 years ago would have just taken a giant dump all over the idea that Republicans were at all fascistic, you know, embracing authoritarian fascism. And now... Uh, the aforementioned Morning Joe, for example, right. uh, some of these other cable news shows and hosts have gone all in. Okay, they're using mm-hmm. the N word, the not not that N word, but the Nazi. Mm-hmm. They're using that word now. Right. They're yeah. making comparisons to Which Hitler. Which is good. They're I'm making, glad that that's happening. Yeah. You know? They're and they're using fascism uh, quite yeah. often to describe. And right. One of the and I I know you despise this guy and and f- for good reason. Uh, even Tom Nichols is using the word fascism. And that's, to me, that's Well, I despise him personally. (laughs) Well, right. But what I'm saying is that uh, someone who has been hesitant to to go to that word is now starting to use that word to describe Donald Trump and his movement. And I think that has been a positive development, and I hope that actually ends up resonating. And and I imagine it would to a certain extent. I think it's very clear where the Donald Trump thing is headed and what the stakes of this election are. So I think... To that level, we have seen, I think, uh, the news media, at least cable news, step away from this uh, this uh, weird prioritization of what's important in this election. Away from, oh, well, inflation is still whatever it is, 3%, right. 2.8%, and away from Joe Biden is old into, oh, shit, it's got to be Joe Biden or we're all fucked. Or we're you know, all and fucked. I, yeah, and I, I think I think we started to see a little bit of that transformation, and it, and it's in large part because of the people like us, like the people who we know and are familiar with as far as voices and participants in the conversation, have been giving uh, cable news a lot of shit, and certainly yeah. the print press a lot of shit about this soft language to describe the stakes of the election, rather than saying what it actually is, which is basically 2024 is going to be a referendum on American fascism. And so well, that's one of the many things that's going to be crazy about this coming year. But uh, yeah, I think the the press has started to recognize that those are the stakes. That's the reality of what we face this year. Well, just to wrap things up, I want to kind of go over the idea that, um, you know, obviously this is going to be a, devi- a decisive year, uh, no matter which way it goes. And uh, I'm not looking forward to the stresses of this year, but I do feel, you know, I, I like to take on the optimistic attitude. On election night, that's probably going to go out the window and fear will take over. But until then, <laughs> yeah. just like in 2022, um, I feel like, you know, we, we have a lot of – there's a lot to, to, to be optimistic about. Like, number – I don't believe that these trials or any – you know, anything having to do with Trump's legal – I don't think Trump's legal woes are necessarily – A, they are not going to save us. B, I think they will have some 
influence over, you know, how voters feel. Um, but, but in and of itself, it's not going to be the deciding factor of, of what happens. The deciding factor will be people showing up and voting. But I think, you know, you've got the Republican Party is hurting financially because Donald Trump is taking all the money from everybody to pay for his legal bills. And, you know, every day there are articles coming out that the individual states, whether it's, you know, North Carolina or whatever it is, I'm not saying North Carolina specific, that was an example. But I mean, just some of the, specifically some of these red states have no fucking budget. And so that works well for us. And I think the fact that the Republicans, instead of Instead of taking, you know, they, they had a couple of opportunities in the last several years, specifically 2020, to pivot away from Trump, and they didn't. They were too fearful. They were too afraid to say, we're going to detach from this fucking psycho, and they held on to him, and now they are in. It reminds me of that dream I had where this big elephant head hmm. just died in the living room, and at the, you know, after it died, it was like, how do we how do we get this out of our living room? And I think that's, that's what we're doing. How do we get this mess? Because I think the Republican party has died. I mean, it's still going on, but I mean, what, whatever it used to be is done. And this new thing, we've got to kill it. And then we have to clean it up. And, and that's what we're doing. How do we clean this massive elephant head? Like when I say massive, it was floor to ceiling. It was huge. And so it's like that. I, I just believe that that dream was prescient and, you know, I, I think we do have to clean it up, but I think, I think we can do this. And I think one of the things that we really need to focus on this year is not fucking saying Joe Biden's too old and, you know, we need someone new. We need to just get behind him and trust that it's all going to work out and do our fucking part. And I think we have, I do think we have a chance at winning this. I, I feel pretty good today. How Do you feel pretty good or where are you in this? I am uh, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that is in combination with my don't get happy mantra. Yes. I yes. think it's okay to be optimistic as long as we understand the stakes and we understand what it's going to require to defeat Donald Trump yes. and Trumpism and all the rest of it, which is going to have to translate into uh, more seats in Congress for Democrats, more seats in state legislatures for Democrats. These are all things that we mm-hmm. need to uh, make sure we're focused on and not you know, waiting on the edge of our seats and hoping the Supreme Court is going to save us or hoping that Fonnie Willis or Jack Smith Mm -hmm. is going to save us. I think we need to wrap our heads around the notion that, you know, no matter what happens with some of these legal challenges and criminal cases, that it's going to really, it's going to come down to us anyway. Uh, Whether it's, uh, you know, because who knows? Who knows how the narrative of this coming up year is going to play out? I mean, we all have our predictions. We all have our uh, priorities, our ideas, best case scenarios for how this is all going to go. But I don't fucking know what's going to happen tomorrow, much less what's going to happen in November. This is going to be an this is going to be an absolute bonkers year from the beginning to end. Things that we've never seen before. And, you know, one of the things I like to lean on um, as far as what I do is I like to lean on uh, my politics education and going back to historical precedent and and kind of coming up coming up with answers coming up with forecasts based on what we've seen before but 
We've never seen this before. We've never seen this race between four yeah. criminal cases, uh, <laughs> a Supreme Court decision on whether Trump can even be on the ballot versus uh, Trump in, in this primary versus these other Republicans and the nomination process and the convention and what happens first. And then coming around to November, is he going to be convicted by then and sentenced to prison? Is he going to... Uh, how is that going to affect his numbers? How is that going to affect his support? I, it's, it's so insane. And the different directions this could go, you, you can't even begin to chart this. I mean, if you were to start to graph out, like do kind of a multiverse series of possibilities, where we go from here, there's got to be a thousand different permutations of how <laughs> the next year is going to play out. Yeah. And so I, I really have no idea. But I do know that if we keep if we lose sight of what the mission is here that we will lose if we get complacent and believe okay uh trump's not doing well in the polls or whatever it might be we are going to lose so we can go in with the attitude that yeah there's a strong chance donald trump is going to shit the bed and and joe biden's going to win this thing and and at the same time we have to make sure that we understand that in order for that eventuality to occur uh, we have to do our our work. We have to do. The yeah, hard work I mean, it's sure. it's it's cautious optimism as long as we you know step up, put in the effort. We can't, yeah. We, yeah, we can't just lay down and go. Everything's going to be fine. It doesn't matter what the polls are saying. And please, people, do not fucking freak out over these Republican polls that they're talking about on cable news. The 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 you know you're going to see the papers doing it. You're going to see people talking about these polls. Go follow Simon Rosenberg because he's going to keep you like. He's not going to give you the horse race. He's going to give you the real picture. And he's not going to, you know, he's not looking for views per se. What he's trying to do is make everybody feel like here's reality. And there, you know, sometimes there's things to be confident about. Sometimes there's things to be concerned about. It's just basically a guide and a gauge for us. So I think it's so important that, you know, as important as it is to not get complacent, it's also, you know, when, when we tend to feel defeated, then we give up. And that's another way we lose. Yeah. So it's like we, we can't look at these fucking polls that aren't necessarily accurate. And Simon goes over why they're not accurate. Because a lot of polls, a really good poll is expensive. Then you're talking about who are you reaching? People have cell phones now. Do you ever fucking answer your phone to, you know, numbers that you don't recognize? There are a lot of people out there not answering their phones. And so it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we, we, we've talked about this before that, you know, this time in 2012, Obama was losing, all that stuff. Don't get bogged down in the negative because the ne- if, if you do that too much, there's a tendency to feel like being like you're hopeless and there's nothing you can do. So it's that it's that kind of fine line. Don't get too happy. Don't get too down. Just stay the fucking course and make it happen. Yeah. And another thing, too, as we're interpreting polls and deciding whether or not to even pay attention to them. The fact of the matter is that Donald Trump is always campaigning. Donald Trump yeah. is always out on the stump doing rallies. I don't even know if you call it the stump anymore because he's always doing it. Uh, but he's out there making up shit about his record, obviously, as he normally does, bragging about things that he has no business bragging about, making up nonsense that's happening and, and coming up with solutions to the nonsense problems, all the usual chicanery and bullshit, right? Joe Biden hasn't started campaigning yet. 
Joe Biden's right. reelect for 2024 hasn't even really gotten started. We haven't been to the convention yet. Uh, Joe Biden hasn't been doing uh, rallies yet, uh, touring the country with Kamala Harris and uh, surrogates fanning out all around trying to uh, get a spot on cable news and so forth. That process hasn't really even begun. And once it does, though, it's going to happen at a time when we're going to start seeing the real benefits of the economic recovery. So I think there's a, a coinciding that's going to take place. There's a convergence between Joe Biden ballyhooing the success of his first term mm-hmm. and the actual repercussions of that success coming to fruition. Uh, where already people are starting to see, I think the uh, people are starting to recognize the economy is improving um, and so many different things that they're concerned about are starting to be ameliorated and, and they're actually seeing the consequences of Bidenomics and all the rest of it. And so mm-hmm. these are all things that are going to become even more rock solid over the coming year. We're going to see better GDP numbers, yeah. better employment numbers, no recession, Inflation is going to continue to drop. Remember, the target rate for the Fed with inflation is about 2%. The Fed has wanted to get the inflation rate back down to around 2%, which is roughly where it was uh, prior to the pandemic during Donald Trump's term. Okay? And right now, we're at about 2.8% inflation. We're almost there. I mean, we're at the point now where the Fed is going to start raising or start lowering interest rates again. So... That's, I mean, the the increased interest rates have been implemented by the Fed in order to uh, to moderate inflation, to bring inflation back down, and that has actually worked. They're not fully there yet, but when they get to about two percent, the interest rates are going to start dropping again. That's going to do wonders for home ownership. There's going to be more money being flooded into the economy. Uh, people able able to borrow more easily and so forth. Um, the only thing people are going to be affected by lowering interest rates is if you're investing in CDs or say you know you have a savings account or something like that. The interest payments aren't going to be as great as a consequence of those lowered rates. But this is all to say that all of these economic indicators are going to continue to improve from an already improved point of view. And so once that Mm -hmm. meshes with Joe Biden saying, hey, look at all the shit that I've done, and here's the results of it, Mm -hmm. torn from today's fucking headlines, people are going to go, oh, oh, that's why I like Joe Biden back in 2020. That's, oh, fuck, Mm -hmm. that's right, he's doing all these things. Because I think a lot of voters are accustomed to Donald Trump being in their living rooms 24-7, screaming about all the bullshit yeah. that he's not done, but saying that he did. Right. And so in the, in the absence of that, they're going, where's Joe Biden? What's he doing? I don't get this. Why isn't mm-hmm. he doing anything? Well, yeah. because he's not on Twitter all the time or doing videos screaming about the shit that he's done. So yeah. that's why there's this disparity here. And once that starts to... Uh, the dynamics of that start to change, I think then you're going to see improved numbers for Joe Biden, improved chances. And this is, if everything is perfectly even, Stephen, across the board, there's no removal from ballots, there's no uh, 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 convictions in the various cases uh, before the election and so forth. Let's say all things being equal, Joe Biden's going to come out on top of this without any help from the Supreme Court or from Bonnie Willis, et cetera. So that's why I'm cautiously optimistic. And I also realize... That in this period of time, it's very likely that there's going to be some curveballs along the way, gaffes or some sort of thing that's going to come up. Obviously, the Hunter Biden nonsense uh, is not really sticking to the wall, and that's good. So uh, I think at the end of the day, I think 
we have reason to be positive. And so, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, in the meantime, as if anything crazy goes down, obviously we'll be there to help uh, interpret what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I hope. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, okay, here's the first, first podcast out the, out the gate. I'm done. <laughs> so I can't even talk. I'm so, let me just say I am, surprised I was even able to get through this as well as I did because my mind is kind of porridge right now. Yeah. So I just want to say, thank. first of all, thank you for being on the show. And thank you to my listeners for being understanding, my patrons specifically, uh, for being understanding of what I'm going through. Obviously, this is not something that I can just decide. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm going home now. So I got to take care of my mom. So, you know, who knows? I, I know that I'm going to be talking with uh, Steph Walton next Sunday. So we're going to air that on Monday. So until I get back home, my schedule is going to be whatever. I'm not sure that every time that I record is going to be on a Thursday or whatever. We're just going to play it by ear until I'm home. I'll do my best to do, you know, a show um, a week. And then I'm always going to get my patron shows in. But again, thank you everybody and Bob for understanding and, and dealing with this because it's just been such a trial, but you know, I'm most of it's over. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're heading, we're heading into uh, some territory where I can be back home and have my whole setup and I don't have to rely on other people for it. So that's just what I wanted to say. And then um, of course, this is, this is what I always say. So I'm just going to say it again. Tell everybody where to find you on all the gazillion social media sites out there. Oh, everyone knows <laughs> where, where to where can we find, find you? me. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Hey, you know what? The chat room is coming to desktop. You're going to be able to participate oh, cool. in the chat room using the desktop, uh, uh, you know, cool. just using a regular browser instead of the uh, app. Yeah. Or you can also use the app if you want to, but you can also access right. it for, via desktop. So that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so patreon.com slash Bob Seska show and also uh, the Bob Seska on threads and Instagram. Yeah, and I'm I'm all I'm all over. Just find me, whatever. <laughs> Just you find, find you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Author Kimberly, Kimberly Johnson, L E Y, whatever. I'm out there. <laughs> sounds good. I'm gonna have to come up with I'm gonna have to come up with a new ending for the show because it's like, oh my god. I guess I should still have people say where they are, but it's just like I'm so tired of naming <laughs> all the fucking sites. Yeah, I know. So, you know. I know. So we're gonna see um, you on uh, the after party on Friday too, right? On my show. Yes. Okay, I good, will be good. there. And I will be square too. So sounds good. Um, all right. Well, it, it was great talking to you. Happy New Year, everybody! Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.